Hello, I'm your host, Kelly Eckhart, and welcome to The Future Edit. Hello and welcome back. My name is Kelly Eckhart. I'm your host of The Future Edit. I am so excited about this first interview I have for you today. I am speaking with Colette Moran. She is my therapist, actually, and she's the one that got me back on track to my self-discovery, my awakening, basically, and fucking myself. I when I was in a really low place, I didn't know where to go. And so I put it out there on Instagram, like, help me. I'm looking for a tarot reader. I'm looking for some kind of guidance. And her daughter actually got a hold of me via Instagram and said, hey, you should really check out my mom. She's a great, great guidance tarot reader. And I was like, okay. So I contacted her via Instagram, booked a session with her, and then had my session. It was completely therapeutic. It was eye-opening. It really, I felt, was that kind of opening the door to my self-healing or actually just getting the right kind of healing for myself. And so during our session, she said, you know what? I think you really need to be heard and someone needs to listen to you and give you some guidance. She said, you know, I'm a tarot reader, but I'm also a licensed therapist. I just don't like conventional therapy. I don't think it's right for everyone. And I don't think it's right for you. But I'm happy to, uh, to bring you on board if you would like to, you know, to get some help. So that's what I did. I, uh, I booked in a session with her and that's where it all really began. So I have her here today to talk about her therapy and how conventional therapy is not the right way for her and how she uses guidance and spiritual things incorporated with her therapy. And for some, it's it's right for them and for others, they do need more of a, a traditional therapy, which she's fine with. But for me, she uses a variety of things. So without further ado, I'm so excited to talk to Colette. So welcome back to this week's podcast. I have Colette Moran with me today. She is my therapist, but also uh, she's also a a spiritual guide, a therapist, full of wisdom. I'm not going to call you a lady of wisdom because we had that discussion. Uh, (laughs) So um, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate it. And basically what I want to do is I want to start off asking you about your background and how you became a therapist and what was your interest, uh, what sparked your interest in becoming a therapist? Okay, um, that's quite an easy one. I've always had uh, an intuition and, 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 as, and an empathy for other people. And that's come through in pretty much everything I've ever done. And um, I was a civil servant. I worked um, working with people through very difficult times, advising them on benefits, etc., And it always frustrated me that I couldn't go a little bit further and just make things right. Obviously, you can't make things right, and that's a lesson that I had to learn. 
Yeah. Um, but, it, but it was a very interesting time. And back in 2000, I really wanted to train to become a therapist. Now, due to life's adventures, and trust me, I've had a few, um, this wasn't possible for me at that particular time. So I, I kind of carried it with me and, and I went on through life. And then there came a time when, um, just go back a little bit, I've always played about with cards, guidance cards. And I strongly stress, I don't feel I'm a medium, but I just feel that there's something there that guides me through these cards. Mm -hmm. And I get a real insightfulness as to what's going on and what people can take from that very often helps them. Yeah. So, so that's something I've always done. And um, then you, you hit many different, you know, stepping stones in your own life. And I went to, because um, I was trying to think of this earlier, when did this all really, really start? So I went to, to a fair, a psychic fair, and I sat with this lady who was absolutely amazing. And out of all the people in the room, I just went straight to her. There was just something about her. Hmm. And she laughed when I sat down and she said, so why are you not doing this reading? And, and you know, <laughs> so it sort of went like that. It was quite amusing. Yeah. So we had this really long chat and she looked at my hands and she, she did lots of different things. And, and she said, you know, if you look at your hands, you will see sparks of energy all over your hands. And these are sparks of insightfulness. And you really hmm. could train to do this. And um, to date, I still haven't trained to do this. So... It's something that I, I naturally did. Now, I kept her card for quite some time and I kept thinking, yeah, yeah but, but I never did anything with it. I just trusted my instinct. Yeah. So um, anyway, fast forward a little bit and I'd always carried this therapy training with me. And um, unfortunately, my partner had a heart attack um, on the sofa one Saturday evening. It was absolutely horrendous. Um, he wasn't taken to a general hospital. He was taken straight through due to his very young age to mm. um, a heart specialist hospital, Papworth in Cambridge, where he was operated on within hours. And I decided that I was going to take a month out to, to process this. I think mm. it's a real mistake that I've made in the past and many people make to keep going. Mm -hmm. So um, I took some time out and I really thought about it. And to this day, I really don't know how this happened. But I just decided that I wasn't prepared to sit behind a desk 12 hour days, etc. I just wasn't prepared to do that anymore. So somewhere along the line, and this is in very quick succession, this was in months, I'd found a four week course to give you the insights into therapy. Hmm. So I, I did this course and with no intention of doing a qualification in, in it whatsoever. It was just something for me. Yeah. And it was just amazing. It was just the people I met, the tutor himself. It just, it just, for the first time in a very long time, made me feel alive. I'd found something and I didn't think I was in a position to do it. But somewhere along the line, I applied to, to do the university degree and, and, and put it together within four weeks. So basically wow. I'd sorted the finance side of it out. I'd sorted the course out. I'd had the interview. I was offered an unconditional place at the university and I was on the course and I was still obviously in full-time employment. So I basically really stood my ground. So this is really important to me. I want to do this. Yeah. I didn't want to let my boss down in any way, shape or form, but I just said to him, do you know what? I will help you until you find someone else. I'll do this three days a week, but I'm, I'm going to be in university for two days every week, which he said, you can't do that. And I said, then I'm sorry, I have to leave now. And that's how strongly I felt. 
I really yeah. did feel that this was the, the next step for me, which again is quite amusing because during that course, I um, was I had a statement carried out which confirmed that I was actually dyspraxic and okay. dyslexic. Um, so that was quite a process to go through too, to, to, yeah. to take a degree whilst going through this. Um, the degree course was amazing. You know, it's something I would, I would love people to just try just for their own personal use, even if they were never going to go forward and do anything with it. Um, and it was hard. I'm not going to yeah. pretend it wasn't hard. I worked all the way through my course, which was a full-time course. Um, I did, I think at that time it was 150 voluntary hours Okay. at various different, um, like mind, um, Suffolk County council, which is the area I live in with young people who, who needed guidance. Um, so I did 150 voluntary hours as well as my course, as well as my assignments. And trust me, that wasn't always easy, especially yeah. when you're not an academic. Yeah. And you know, it was, and that was something too, that I had to face. I'm not an academic, but I had this, I had so much passion and enthusiasm for, for where this was going. I, I, yeah. I totally loved the course. It was amazing. And I met some really lovely people. And um, But even when you finish a course, you don't quite know what you're going to do. Yeah. So, you, you know, you stand there in your mortarboard and your gowns and you, 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 you go through all this. And you have this wonderful day where you celebrate your graduation. But you still don't really know at that point what you're going to do with it. Yeah. And um, it was only about, probably about two years ago, that I felt confident enough to go forward with organizations to tick boxes and to, to do, to carry out therapy, monitoring yeah. how people felt, monitoring from week to week, the effects therapy may have had on them. And for me, that didn't work. And that, that was for me, it didn't work. Yeah. And um, I met this one, well, I'm, it's quite ironic really. I was at school with this lady and I remembered her clearly. She was a little bit older than me. She'd gone off and she'd travelled the world and lived in other countries and skipped between England and Greece where she worked with women to find themselves. And mm. whilst I worked with both men and women, I just found this so interesting. Her concept was so interesting. And to me, it ticked my boxes. I didn't yeah. want to sit in front of somebody with a piece of paper monitoring their weekly progress. Yeah. Um, what I really wanted to do was to... Um, to be present and to be there with that person through their journey and to interact with them and yeah. to let them hear themselves and to hold their space and sometimes just sit in silence when there's nothing else you can do because we all go through those periods too yeah exactly and um she specialized in a lot of arts and, and at one point she had actually had the opportunity to work in art therapy um with carl rogers daughter as, as, but she turned it down unbelievably Okay. And, and we laughed about that. And But she worked with arts and she worked with different mediums to help people during the sessions mm -hmm. and to um, bring out the best in them and to free them up. And I remember doing that in art, an art module as well um, that I did. I basically used the arts, used sands, trays, etc. And I found that people become so relaxed Yeah, that they they talked freely. They didn't think about what they were saying. They were relaxed and, and you could watch them and you could question what they were doing and what that meant to them. And, and it helped a lot. So I then started introducing my gift with intuition 
mm -hmm. guidance cards. I started introducing that um, into sessions. Nice. And the rest is history, really. It's just it's just rolled on from there, and and it really works. It's it's really interesting work. And so, do you have some clients? that you work with that you know that that do so do clients come to you because of that intuition work and because you you mold those so together or do you also have clients that you wouldn't necessarily use the intuition cards in their session because they're not i've got both yeah okay i have got both um i'm i'm one of these people who's been brought up in a world where it has to be solid and you have to touch it and if yeah. you don't necessarily understand what's going on you're not always 100 percent confident with it yeah. But but in honesty, my brand comes from me and people yeah. and, and most of my work, I don't advertise, most of my work comes to me by word of mouth. Yeah. So sometimes I work in a in a position where I um I just read the cards for some risk give people a guidance reading. And other times I that leads on to therapy and and more from that. Yeah. And yeah, because I mean that's how I found you, right? You know, I was needing um, some guidance in my life and I uh, your you know your daughter put it out there on Instagram and then I found you and that, that that's the powerful thing about Instagram right is you can you absolutely can as a absolutely as a tool now so talk about um your rituals like how do you prepare yourself for guiding someone else in a in a guidance session or a tarot session okay okay um there's two things two lessons that i learned here one is you have to step away from it and realize that to fix somebody you actually are disempowering them yeah. so the first thing i learned was you have to hand it to them and they have the power to fix themselves you have the power to show them how to do that yeah and how do i ground before my sessions well i sit with my therapy dog <laughs> who always joins me <laughs> who's a awesome. very, very sweet therapy dog. Um, and she's always there, very quiet and very well behaved. And um, so I ground myself by meditation. I firmly mm -hmm. believe in taking myself off into meditation. And my quiet time, both before and after sessions, are really, really important yeah. to um, separate what's my stuff, if you like, want another word, and um, what's obviously my client's stuff. Yeah. I don't believe in cutting it short. I like to ground it and come down. And then I like to have that time and then step away from it and get on with my life. So I'm yeah. able to separate situations. Yeah. Now, for those that don't really understand guidance cards or tarot cards, can you can you explain this to them? I so wish I could explain this to them. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I wish I could pick up a textbook and I could I could just um explain what happens there and that's quite a funny question because somebody once asked me if I would um actually it's a friend of mine she was on big brother mm. and and she's a psychic and she asked me to do some work with her and I just said you know you know I can't do this on the phone I need to be with people and she said but why and I said well, I just need to connect yeah. she said no you don't no you do you really don't so the first time I tried it um I was a little bit worried, to be honest. It's like, now, how, how am I doing this? I've never met this person before. And something just come over me like, you don't need to know them. You don't, you don't need to know. Just give them what you've got and mm. trust the process. Yeah. And that's quite hard when you're dealing with people who are, who are in front of you going through some situation. So yeah. um, 
I worked really hard to trust that process. And so I sit with the cards and I just say, tell me when you're comfortable with this and, and et cetera. And the cards just give me what, what we need. And yeah. I'd love to say, I really would love to say, oh, it's because of this and it's because of that. But I can't tell you. It's mm -hmm. something that just happens. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, that first card, and I always tell people not to talk for a little while either, just to digest what I'm saying, just take it in. And then when I've given so much to them to actually come back with, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. If there's anything yeah. else, and the cards deliver. The cards give an insight to what's needed. And do you, do you work with special cards? Do you have certain decks over others that you really feel connected with? Do you think there is this connection between your, you and your cards? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because I'm ready, because doing this was a big thing for myself that I took very seriously. Yeah. I worked with, um, I worked with the normal, um, normal tarot cards, you know, just pretty cards that you pick up. And there was a lady who opened a really nice little shop in a local village. And I went in there to get, a lot of people like angel guidance. I'm not sure that I work terribly well with that angel cards. In fact, okay. I have got some somewhere, but I can't even remember where I put them. <laughs> um, so I went in to get some more cards from her and I was really drawn to this pack of cards. And I can show you this pack of cards. Oh, yes. Um, I was really drawn to this very, very simple cards. I'm not really a mermaid person or a dolphin person either, really. But there was just something about this pack that felt right. And when I picked them up, they felt right. Interesting. So initially, I used these cards an awful lot. Um, and they, they were my backbone, if you like. They, they spoke to me very, very well. They were, they were simplistic. They gave me the simplistic session that I needed. Yeah. But of late, I've been using these cards alongside them, these spellcasting cards. Okay. Which you can take as, as far as you want, really. If somebody's really into this and they want a little spell to go away and do, which is yeah. not really part of what I do, but it's there if they want it. So I suppose yeah. I'm tailoring it a little bit more now. But these cards work very well alongside my my mermaid cards. Interesting. And they're strongly taken over. Um, in fact, I'd yeah. say the last three readings I've done this week, I've actually used these cards. Okay. Um, so I don't, I, I do have other cards like today's advice cards, lots of little cards you pick up. But I try and keep it simple rather than fill my head because I've also got mm -hmm. my therapy. Yeah. Um, so, so there's quite a lot to stick on there. And I firmly believe in going with the flow, evolving into these cards has taken me quite some time. Yeah. But I knew they would, um, but I just didn't know when they would, but I knew they would. And they're slowly taken over now. I very, very rarely use the other ones. That's I get interesting. So much more from these. So I'm not one for swapping about too much. Let's put it like yeah. that. Well, I mean, in swapping, a lot probably I mean if you're in the flow with cards and you kind of have that intuition flow then really what's the point of switching right until you no. feel guided into it because then that's just another deck that you need to get used to and you know have Absolutely. that flow with as well and you I think you can really tell you know having several readings before I came to you you can tell when someone's in the flow with their cards or not as well because with you it's a very natural and all my friends that have had readings with you it's a very natural uh, process yeah. and yeah you sit with it and you know you ask questions but it's a uh, you could you could 
you can tell you know what you're doing. You know, it's like yeah. there is such a difference yeah. uh, between um, not saying that inexperienced ones can't give good readings as well. It's it's just you're all knowing about this, right? Yeah. And so have you? So let's move uh, slightly to the therapy part of it. Do you? Um, how do you know if a client or two contact you? How do you know if that client is right for you? Have you turned people away before? I in in my five years of voluntary, which is probably in excess of about five hundred hours now, and all my sessions. Yeah. Most of my clients are long-term clients who are okay. working with themselves, work in progress. I have had one client um, say that they couldn't work with me, and I agreed with that completely. And that's a funny one, really, because when you're in training and you're, you're prepared for that and they say, how yeah. would you feel? And you don't know how you'd feel. But yeah. when I first started, I think if somebody had said that, I would have probably really thought about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But when it did happen, I was actually prepared for it. Um, mm -hmm. in, in as much, I didn't realize I was prepared for it. But this particular client was um, very high up in the armed forces. Mm. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, I really felt that I was too strong for him. Mm. I felt that I, would, I was too passionate maybe about the, the inner journey, not just the situation at hand, but the whole inner journey. And um, it was a very pleasant session. And he, just, he, was a, he was very high up in the army. He decided straight away and I said, you know, that's fine. I don't think that would have gone well. I don't think that was gonna work. Yeah. So, so it, was, it was okay. So how do you tell? I think you know whether you connect or whether you don't. Yeah. And with my my personal practice, I'm just trying to think if I've had anyone who's bowed out quickly and I haven't I haven't. So I guess I've I guess what I do works for the people that I work with. And I suppose the fact that I don't advertise it is word of mouth. Yeah. You show me your tribe and I'll show you the vibe. It's yeah. it next all the way through. So let's say uh, I am just beginning my work with you. How does this, I mean, each individual is different, right? And they're all Absolutely. gonna, they're gonna take a different route and have different things to discuss. But how do you approach a new client? What, I mean, clearly you need to find out what they're looking for. Do, do, do they normally, I mean, I know from my sessions with you, right? That I just start talking and sometimes it will, I won't even know what I'm going to talk about. It just comes, it comes out. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, like, I didn't expect that, you know, that that... <laughs> exactly. Clearly yeah. there's something I need to get out here. Right. And yeah. so is it the same, is it the same as well with other clients or, you know, Sometimes you do connect with very well. And, yeah. and obviously the sessions are so different. You wouldn't believe it. They really are so different. Some of people course. are on onward journey. Some people are trying to deal with something from the past. Yeah. Some people are trying to deal with the fact that they are what they are and they're never going to change, but yeah. they need to talk. And I think the biggest learning curve that I had, because I want to fix people. I know I yeah. can't now, so I don't try and fix people now. <laughs> um, but the biggest learning curve for me was to be able to sit and hold their space. Because let's face it, if you're in a place where you have got an awful lot going on, and actually I had this happen to me last night, that was very bizarre that that was. Um, somebody's got a lot going on, they don't necessarily know what they want. They just want yeah. something to cling on to, if it's a reading or, or even a session. And I don't want to sit there and give them some kind of, as you know, I don't just sit there and flower up some sort of future for you. 
I help you. The guidance cards come into it by giving you an insight, yeah. by giving you something that opens up to something in you that maybe was making you unhappy or something that you really want to do. Yeah. But but you hadn't quite processed it. And um, like I said, you have to really, really, you have to sit with what you're given. And, and the, the key on this one is when you're starting with somebody new, let them lead you, hold their yeah. space and let them lead you. Because by hearing what they're saying to myself as a therapist um, opens up something in them which is often something totally different to what they think it is. Yeah. So. It's funny. It's funny that, isn't it? That you go in thinking, I mean, it's the process, right? You, you, you go in thinking, you know what you need. And then you walk out going, nope, I didn't even know that it existed. I didn't even know that was buried deep down inside. Yeah, Clearly absolutely. this been from past childhood or whatever. Right. Absolutely. And so for, because, therapy has a stigma right there's a lot of people that don't want to go to therapy because they find well we all know that therapy is not a one-size-fits-all it's not always for everyone but people out there that really do want to get the help but they don't know where to start or where to turn what is your advice for them what do you what do you suggest that they do when they're literally at their low point shit i need help what do you know well the thing is the thing is with this one, I can draw from personal experience here. Yeah. I lost my dad when I was 13 and I become very detached from an awful lot of things in life. I, I really did. And I didn't see the point in therapy because mm. they weren't going to fix that issue. That issue was never going to be fixed. Yeah. What I didn't realise was from the loss of my dad and the detachment from things that were going to hurt me and the fact that I was only 13, so therefore I put up a lot of barriers um didn't want to get attached to people would actually steer my own destination a lot of the time and think it was down to fate but actually I was steering that vehicle then Mm. um and the first time I went to therapy um it was due to an incident at work bear in mind I was a civil servant taking claims from people something really awful happened and they suggested that because of what I was dealing with at that time I had therapy and I turned up late with attitude <laughs> I'm not gonna lie and this little woman come to the door and I thought yeah, she's really gonna make my life better isn't she? Um, and I went and sat down and she pointed out that I was late and I thought and I got lost on route and her answer was you should have been better prepared and do you know what she was right mm. I really didn't want to go to that therapy it was suggested that I went and I sat there and I thought do you know what this woman doesn't care about me at all now, I don't know why I felt she needed to care about me. She didn't know me. But yeah. that's what I saw as, as therapy. So that didn't work well at all. And yet I still had this thing that actually therapy meant so much more. But it was many years later that I explored what it meant. And it wasn't therapy for her. It was therapy for me. So what yeah. was really needed was for me to to hear myself. Mm. I deserve to be heard. And what I would say to anybody who's thinking about therapy or feels unheard or misunderstood or detached or has gone through trauma, and let's face it, that's the majority of us, yeah, one way or another, um, it's, it's a space for them to hear themselves and what yeah. they need for themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing, right? Because I was having a conversation with some friends recently and they were saying, I just, I just can't do the therapy yet. I, 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 I'm not ready to dig deep. I'm not ready to go there. And I'm thinking, 
from a point of view of I had to go there or I wasn't going to be able to carry on like I was. How can you not go there, right? But everyone has has a different view of it. Everyone, uh, not everyone wants to face their demons, uh, that, no. that, that inner, the inner work. But the whole, the whole thing is if you do the work now, you, I mean, your future can be so promising. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, right? No. But there is going to be a bit more of a calmness. And you know, our whole thing recently in our sessions that I'm happy to talk about is flow. Just go with the fucking flow, Kelly. Just go with the flow. You know, and there's so much of us that put up this resistance, that put up this, well, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that because, you know, it's it's uncertainty, it's fear. It's also, if you go with the flow, that means you're going to find out more about yourself that you didn't know. Absolutely. And are, are you prepared for that, right? Are you yeah. ready to really go? It's almost like when you go through through the flow, you know that there's going to be a big, big ass waterfall at some point. And you're going to have to go down that waterfall. Yeah. And then when you get to that waterfall and you go down it, you also might go underwater for a little bit, but you're going to pop back up and then it's going to be fine. Right. But a lot of people aren't prepared for that. No, then they're not. And um, I always call that my Alice moment. I always liken that to Alice and I love that. And, and um, yeah, I'm a bit fascinated with Alice because I think the trouble is people think with mental health, my mental health is not so good at the moment. You have mental health that's always there. You just yeah. don't recognise when your mental health is good because you take it for granted. When yes. something hits you and you can't cope with it, you're, you're having a breakdown, your mental health isn't so good. I think the attitude is all wrong around that. I think what's so important is to recognise that you can you have bones and they can break. You can get arthritis and therefore you have you have a mind, a soul, a body, call it whatever you want to call it. Yeah. it's all attached and you, your mental health is always there it's just, sometimes it's good sometimes it's shaky sometimes you need help we will have all gone through issues there is no one from the doctor who's treating you to the therapist mm -hmm. you're talking to to the businessman in the street to the soldier who's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder from just anybody has had things that will have affected them now, some people, they bury it and it sits with them and they forget about it. And they yeah. have absolutely no idea why they react the way they do to certain situations. And this is what therapy does. It's, it's work in progress, which is probably why I really didn't sit with agencies who give you like six weeks of therapy on the yeah. NHS. I know, because, because, you know, some people do just need that to get them through that time. Yeah. But I don't think that that gives you the chance to really understand you and to mm -hmm. work with you and how things change um it, it's a lot of it's about there's no magic formula here and that's why people they want a cure don't they yeah they want a cure they want to go and um a fast fix here look i'm not feeling too great give me some painkillers blah, blah. it's and sometimes i agree that's really important if, if you if you're in a place where you can't cope with what's going on a process then I think it's quite important to be able to manage the time as it is and, and yeah. to perhaps take medication to help you get through that. But in the long term, I think it's all about the process of understanding the inner self. And, and when you understand you and what you're doing, it has less effect on you. Yeah. So what I would say to anybody is, and it's not just because I'm a therapist, I really mean this, you know, get some therapy. 
get some therapy and learn about you before it goes wrong even yeah before it goes wrong learn learn about you talk about what's going on in your life because we all have ups and downs and that is normal but not everybody can accept that either they, they try and fight the downs but that's all part of you yeah so you're if, if you're constantly setting high targets that are not achievable by never being down and happiness and all the rest of it you're going to constantly be disappointed with your expectations yep there's that word expectations but yeah absolutely absolutely you know it's it's funny because i think a lot of us yeah like you said we go through life oh i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine you know yeah okay maybe you are fine but what normally happens is at some point all of a sudden like you said before you you don't feel heard right you feel that no one's listening so and then you have these expectations of how you think your life should be or uh, you know and then you and once these expectations aren't met that's when that's when your mental health can go a little bit wonky right because society has put this expectation on all of us to live a certain way to have this certain life to have this job by this time to be married by this have kids yeah how 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 can we as individuals one kind of get out of this uh vicious expectation cycle or just do away with expectations it would be wonderful if we could i'm not sure that we can can. but i think what we can do i think we can um we can just not expect and and learn to communicate because let's face it Mm -hmm. how often do you get up on a saturday and think oh my saturday is going to be like this and when it isn't you're all moody and you've had enough and all the rest of it and you're you're put out with it all but did you actually tell your partner that's what you had in mind Mm, yeah did did you expect him to know not not you personally but myself yeah did I just expect him to know um you know it's all about communicating but very often you can't communicate because you don't know so how do you learn about you 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 listen to you you become heard you explore you learn um there's always something else to find out. There's, I mean, there's so many different theories you can work with. And I'm lucky that I'm an integrative therapist who works with very different models. Sometimes yeah. I just sit and hold it. Sometimes I dig down and we do the psychodynamic. Sometimes we play with the art, Rogers and Young and all the rest of it. Um, there's a place for all of it. All of that yeah. therapy, not just one, because every day is a different day and every day is a different journey. Yeah. It, I think the secret really is to... To look at therapy is not something you do because your mental health is bad, mm-hmm. but something you do because you want to understand yourself better. Yeah. You want to I know mean, yourself. That's so important, isn't it? Because so many of us have walked through lives, our lives, basically not knowing who we are. Absolutely. Or maybe at one time we did, and then something changed, mm-hmm. and we just ignored it or, or just didn't keep up with our lives or you know maybe there was trauma or something you hide it down and I, I find that really interesting how people don't want to dig deep they don't want to get to know yourselves because as a society if we all knew ourselves like you said we would communicate better and then we yeah. wouldn't have all these problems that we have now absolutely and th- I find this really interesting and so what is your advice then when you you're in you're in a relationship and one of you is doing the inner work and really digging deep and the other one's not how does this how how do you feel have this dynamic works uh because i'm i'm hearing about it a lot (laughs) um and what's your take on that 
well that makes me laugh because my partner couldn't be more different to me if he tried he really couldn't um he doesn't think beyond the the the, the moment he's in and you know sometimes we all say you know sometimes it must be really lovely to be him because actually he so is in the moment but he is so not self-aware and and if he is having an off day or he's grumpy or he's moody or he's anxious because he does have anxiety you'd never know you'd never really know it um because he's too well yeah he's so full of it and yeah. all the rest of it you wouldn't understand perhaps what hurt he goes through at different times and i don't think he does either to be fair yeah um so you've got somebody here who is so not in tune with himself you know when when you turn around and you say well you know like i have all these passions for things and something as simple as dinner I, oh let's do this and it's like oh i don't mind it's, it's almost like you don't get the pleasure out of out of a meal where you can sit around and talk and just share everything mm-hmm. um whereas i do and I, also i have a curiosity i like to know how everything goes and why it goes that way and how it feels and sometimes and I don't have a problem challenging that either I don't have a problem yeah. saying well why why is that and what happened there why why do you think that so when you're with a partner I think the secret is you are you and they are they and the truth is is mutual respect yeah mutual respect and I sometimes I'm the one if anyone has an issue here I'm the one who gets so frustrated that there could be so much pleasure in finding out more about yourself if mm-hmm. you applied yourself so I find it harder to adapt but mm. he's very respectful of my work yeah I mean, he's another one he likes proof he, he likes to see proof but I think over time the proof has been the fact that I do have long-term clients yeah and my results are very very insightful yeah so it's respect respect do you think that there comes a point in a relationship that you have the respect, but eventually you want to dig deeper? You know, you want to, the person sitting across the table from you, you each have respect for each other, but then you really, you want to have those deep conversations. You want to have that intuition that moving forward and what did you find out about yourself today or what did you you know, I guess it does, it is this, like you said, respect with as a couple, you allow each other to grow and, and you just grow at different times and different paces, right? So I'm, I'm sure it's the patience that you have to have with that person. But at some point, if they don't catch up, then what? Well, that's more your need than theirs. Fine. <laughs> and I okay. think on your journey, I think, I think, you know, of course, we, I mean, I've had this conversation with a friend who's once said to me, do you know, Colette, I really want my friends, not my counsellor. <laughs> but it's so hard yeah. to understand when you find so much about yourself that you embrace and you find so much peace in yourself to sit and discover yeah. simple things and have the confidence to try them it's so frustrating when you see other people not going at your pace but yeah. that's your frustration not theirs they may never need that yeah but as you walk along your journey if you walk along your path yeah. then you no longer need that either you never it doesn't become so important for you that they also have that knowledge yeah that's really interesting isn't it because there's so much of ourselves that we get frustrated with other people or the situation around us and yeah okay you have external circumstances that can be very frustrating I mean we've been living through external circumstances for a year and a half now it's frustrating with, with COVID and we've all had to go inward and figure things out but they're also 
I know that I've learned personally through your sessions is, well, it's not about them. It's about you. So what's actually going on inside of you to make you react this way? What's triggered you? Uh, You know, it's when actually this whole time you're really frustrated with the situation, but it's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. It's not them at all. It was me because, you know, that triggered me. And then I got frustrated because I didn't communicate what I wanted. You know, I really wanted tacos. But he asked if I wanted pasta instead of saying I wanted tacos. Then you have this, you know, this whole, whole ordeal. But like you said, unless you go inward and find out yourself about yourself, how do you even know to communicate those things? But you don't. I mean, which is quite silly, really, that a lot of people are walking around not able to express themselves. Yeah, they are. It's an awful lot of people. And that's what I mean when a lot of people come to therapy. They can't tell you, they, they don't know until they begin that journey. They can't, so no one session is ever the same and nobody ever sits. Sometimes somebody will come into a session and they'll just let it go. This is my life, I was born, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. They just need to get that out there. Mm-hmm. They don't, you don't need to know that, but if they need to say it, then then you sit there and you hold it for them. And that's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Um, that's just their way of hearing themselves. And after they've said that, they may never need to come back. They might mm-hmm. just think, oh, I've got that out now. And I think it's a curious mind. Somebody who has an insight into self-fulfillment, mm. they want it. And yeah. if they're prepared, to, I would say it to anybody, if you're prepared to sit with it, we're not going to, you know, therapists don't rake up every single bit of your past, but your past will rake itself up. Yeah. You know, we, we don't poke deep in that and, and prod it up. And we very often we could we could sit here and we could think yeah we know that it might be this it might be that we don't sit there and suss you out because there's no point you have I could tell you that that photograph is a color green in the background or whatever but until you recognize that green yourself it would mean nothing to you you would mm. just do you see what I'm saying you have to yeah. find it yourself that answer um, yeah and until you stop and you just examine. And when you do stop and start learning about you, everything looks different. Everything feels different. And don't get me wrong, I still, I mean, I'm of Irish background and I, I, I can still flip off the handle in a moment because that's my nature. I mean, I'm not always a calm, calm. But actually, when I think about it realistically now, the only times that really happens to me is when I feel the anxiety of being under pressure. Mm. You know, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And then I'll get impatient with people. Yeah. And, and you know, in another job, I mean, as you know, I, I do a, a small job alongside this. And um, I'm dealing with people all the time. And some of those people are actually quite rude and, and what have you. And nine times out of ten, it's like, okay, I don't have to come to that level. And I'll just calmly point out, you know what? You don't speak to me like that. I will terminate the call, etc. There are other times when actually I just want to come back with my normal sharp tongue trust me i'm so quick and my tongue can be so sharp and i yeah. want to do it and i just think all right what's wrong with you then okay what's wrong with you you just learn to control you and then you're back to seeing not an airy fairy world you still see the sadness yeah but you know what to do with it you you just think okay well there is sadness you know it's touching me and and i and that's another thing that i always bring to a session if a client comes to a session and something they say really sits with me, I will let them know that. 
not because it's so horrible that oh my god that's a terrible thing just to let you know that you know what i'm empathizing with you i can we are all here we all have these moments in time yeah so so i suppose what i'm saying is you take by having therapy you take control of you don't you yeah yeah it was really interesting because we had a discussion or was it my last session the session before about how you know you come you come to these sessions and you're doing the work but you know there's there's no fixing you know you're fixing your you're, you're adjusting yourself right to how you handle it but also absolutely like the example was grief right when you're letting a part of yourself go that doesn't serve you anymore there is the sadness and it's okay if that sadness stays absolutely it's 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 about managing that sadness right so basically therapy is just about managing who you are as a person absolutely it's not about this one this fix it and then it's done and, yeah. and hey, we're okay and i i find that was a really important moment for me when you said that that you know because you you do you're going down this road and you're like oh i'm feeling so much better and today's roses but the next day could be fucking black sheep you mean you have no idea how your, your week's gonna go right and i remember telling you you know I'm having a really tough week this week, but I was so great last week. And you basically said, that's okay. This is, this is, this is how it is. This yeah. is what it's all about. It you have this like light bulb moment, right? Of, ah, so I'm changing, but the way I'm changing is how I manage myself. Yeah. How I manage my expectations. Absolutely. And there's key words. I often laugh at that when you see these word charts and you, and you sort of, sort of think you know um what words would you put in there for you and there are these key light bulb moments when you think oh jesus christ and nine times out of ten it is so simple yes and it's so basic there's no rocket science here yeah you really are learning to be and that's as simple as that you're learning to be what you were where you come from what you're about not who you were supposed to be, who you've become, whatever mode you're in at the time, whether you're working in an office, whether you're working on the land, work this, you're in fashion, whatever. You've learned all of this thing stuff along the way. Yeah. But what you learn in therapy is just to be. Which is way harder than it sounds, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You do I mean... the work. <laughs> you do all the work. I sit and hold it. <laughs> it's like... I don't know how many times, Kelly, just, just it, be present, be in the moment. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like, you do. You just need to stop running, right? You, you need to take the time just Absolutely. to sit. And this is, I think, what society really has a hard time doing. We're, we're trained from such a young age to go, 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 go to, Absolutely. you know, in order to, 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 uh, to have this success or to do this or to do this or this, you have to run and you have to run and you have to run. But actually, we're all running around with our heads caught off, not knowing ourselves, yeah. really not getting anywhere. Absolutely. It's like running in circles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there's also another danger here. Um, you know, you know, you're, you're most of the people I work with are functioning professionals mm -hmm. and they know what I'm telling, well, I don't tell them. They know what they're hearing. They do their own research. They read the books. And it's like, oh, yes, so that's that, isn't it? And they recognize it. And I think, okay, you've read the book and you know that Alice in Wonderland went down the rabbit hole, but you didn't go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So you're not feeling it, are you? Yeah. 
So it's very, it's really good reading, but there has to come a time when you just say, do you know what, even in my study, and trust me, academia was really hard for me because of the reasons I've told you. I'm also, I also have attention deficit. Um, And I often laugh about the hyperactivity. I wish I had a little bit of that, but I haven't. So it's staying with the program can sometimes be quite exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I know it's really good to learn. I love it. But there are times when I just say, you know, what? I'm going to read rubbish. I'm going to read trash. I'm going to buy a magazine. I'm just going to look at pictures. I'm going to troll. I'm going to stroll through Instagram and and look at these wonderful nooky little cottages scattered around the world, and just take my head away from the learning, because yeah. it shouldn't all be about that. It's balance. See, that's another word. If we if we in a session, and actually this is quite a good idea, if we sat down and wrote things words down on a piece of paper, we'd have expectation there, and we'd have should and need and these are the words that I'd, I'd, I'd put there it's really important that you understand you have the freedom of the moment I know we have to work I know we have to sometimes go through things in relationships we don't just quit um you know we have to run the house we have to do the shopping we don't want to do any of that stuff yeah we, we can't have it all our way we have to make allowances for life because life has to happen yeah that you can alter. And, and, and I think the other thing I've found is people are less frustrated with the work hours and the things they have to do to survive if they stop and process what they want to do yeah. and take time to do what they want to do, whether it be learn to throw pottery or, or, or art or just walk yeah. or whatever gardening anything if they say right okay this is a busy weekend you've got family you you I'm not going to say you have a duty yeah but you have a respect you know you can't become totally self-centered in all of this journey but what you do have to do is just be realistic and section some of that for you Mm -hmm. you know it's like with my partner he he loves his motorbike and he loves to go up on his bike for hours on end doing absolutely nothing apart from going up on his bike for absolute hours on end whereas I like to connect and I like to go to the coast and I like to do things like that but he has a right to do those things yeah but I also have a right to have some time too Mm -hmm. so it's down to communication again isn't it communication and balance yeah and and working things out that work for, for life that is interesting, isn't it? Like you said, if you if you take a little time for yourself and for the things you love, the mundane is okay. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it's like, it's when the mundane just takes over and you literally feel like you're stuck or blocked or whatever Absolutely. Term you want to use. And, and it, but then you also have people that think, well, I, you know, I, I can't take the time to find out what I love because it's selfish or you know, I, I have so much going on. It's like, well, actually, it's not selfish. Because if you take care of yourself first, you have more to give. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have more to give. That means your surroundings are pe- more peaceful and, and better. And then it's a win-win situation, guys. Absolutely. Doing the inner work is a win-win situation. You know, it's it, it's quite interesting. I mean, even on my journey, you know, and, and still going to be on a journey till I take my last breath. Absolutely. But, you know, the one thing that my husband has said over and over again is you're not so angry like you used to be. So if you do the inner work, it means it affects your family, which means there's a nicer environment. (laughs) So why wouldn't you do it? But, you know, 
Do you find that women are more receptive to therapy than men or do you think it's quite equal? That's quite an interesting one. Um, it's a sheer fluke, this is. It really is sheer fluke that I I never saw myself as a woman warrior going out there, although I have this wonderful mentor who is, she classes herself as a warrior and yeah. she does, her work is so amazing, it's unbelievable. I never saw myself as one of the tribe. I yeah. want to be one of the tribe. And I do have male clients, but the majority of my clients are females. Mm -hmm. um, my male clients more often than not want to be heard and to offload. They don't, they don't want to learn from what they've done. They want to be heard. Yeah. They, they just, they just, it's almost like a catch up thing with a lot of them. Um, I've also worked, just trying to think, I've also worked with um, yeah. soldiers coming out of the forces and, and they're a little bit lost. Um, they're, they're having to think for themselves. They're, they're a little bit more structured. It's a totally different, it's a totally different session with my male clients. It really is. Whereas my female clients, yeah, they are on this massive inner journey. And the men, I think, just want to sort the issue out at the moment. And that's that's mm. my experience. Yeah. And that's just kind of a gender thing, isn't it? Because it always seems that men, you know, I with with my husband's friends, you know, there's a few of them that talk very seriously and they, they get deep. But where, you know, the girlfriends and the wives of the guys, we're already like deep conversation two seconds in where they're kind of banter and then they may go a little bit deep or they might not even ask each other at all how their day was I'm like well how was how was so and so oh i don't know i guess fine yeah, yeah absolutely you, mean you didn't ask yeah. you know and i it, i find it so interesting because you know i guess women in general are more nurturing doesn't mean that men aren't no. but it's it's you know i guess our dna or how we are were made I mean, then you have the flip side, right? You do have men out there that are, hey, how you doing? You know, they're super intuitive as well. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about um, a friend of mine, actually, in the middle of all this. Um, he has actually had therapy himself. And um, I love him dearly. He's amazing. But the funny thing is, no matter how much time we've spent together, and we have spent a lot of time together, we never actually talk mm. about therapy, even, even though he's had it extensively. He will always just like if it, if it was women meeting you very often you'd chat yeah. about experiences, but with him he he he's very very much for therapy. He reckons it saved his whole way of thinking, his life, etc. So his relationship with his therapist has been amazing. But actually, he keeps it in mm -hmm. that compartment, and he'll sort of say things like, "Oh yeah, he, he thinks people should all have therapy." Yeah. I wonder if it'd be easier to say, "I think everybody has the." right to be heard exactly and then to hear themselves yeah. this is quite a very very interesting point actually because people can be heard in different ways right and this is yes. what this whole podcast is about is that it's a 360 view of how you can self-heal how you can be heard and maybe it's not through talking maybe it's through dance maybe it's through art it's it, the number one thing is to be able to hear yourself and for others to be able to Absolutely. hear you. And it doesn't really matter how you get there, right? It's, it's a... No, it doesn't matter yeah. at all. It's, it's an interesting thing you said that because um, I'm a great one for journaling. 
I don't always keep a journal, but I just think it's the key to a lot of yeah. things. And it's the same with clay and it's the same with art. It is the same with anything. I think when you've got a lot of thoughts in your head that you can't necessarily get out there, when you do get it out there, they're words. Yeah. And they're not, you can't touch them, can you? You can't hold mm. them as such. And I sometimes think that when you're working with something else, you are making it real. So if you're, if you're working with clay, you, you put that emotion into it and then it becomes a solid thing. If you write your journal, you've got a solid thing you can touch rather than a hypothetical thing you keep thinking about. Now, it's not hypothetical, I know yeah. that, but it's something in your head that floats around and then it'll go off and then it'll come back. But when you put it down, it becomes real and it's there. So maybe, and this is just a thought, maybe it's not in your head quite as much because you put it out yeah. there and it's there. It's, re it's, it's not something you are just thinking anymore. It's a real thing and, it, and, it's, and it's in its place. Does that make sense? It does, and I think it's actually really important to do that for someone that's an overthinker and will think yes. something to death and then beyond death, you know, it's a, and, and the thing is too, is when you're overthinking, the problem becomes even bigger than it actually is. And it might not be a problem. Exactly. Either. But you've made it. You've just picked this thing yeah. up and you, and it's almost like a candy fossil stick. Yeah. You're just flipping it around and flipping it around and it's air. It's not substantial. It's just yeah. candy floss on a stick. It's, and I'm an overthinker. Yeah. So I, I think that if I'm carrying sorrow, I very often put sadness or something into something. And then it's a real thing that I can categorize. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to categorize things. I'm saying for me personally, it becomes real. Yeah. And I and I don't have to keep playing with it in my head like candy floss because it's a it's a thing. Exactly. You've got it out of your head either through yeah. speaking, writing. It, it's yeah. interesting because I, you know, you you said or suggested that I would do morning journaling and doing some journaling. I was like, oh God, I gotta write. Even though I enjoy writing, but I never really was a, like a journaler until recently. And how freeing it is to get that negativity out of your head first thing in the morning. Yeah, like you absolutely. said, you're putting it down, you're acknowledging it, and then you're saying, okay, yeah. I've, I've done this, you're done right now, I acknowledge you, now I'm gonna move on with my day, and how you always, always ask, well, how do you want your day to be today? Yeah, what do you want from yeah. today? Okay, you've got to go to work, you might not want that, but what else do you want from today? Yeah. It goes further than that. That helps you to know yourself, doesn't yeah. it? Because how can you please yourself if you don't know yourself? And that's the same with self-healing, isn't it? I mean, don't get me wrong, over the years, I've had the books, I've had the grief books, I've had this, that and the other. Um, but the thing that I really have learned, that was one of my big epiphanies, if you like, you, how can you hear your, how, if I kept saying to me that apron is black, the apron is blue, the apron is black, the apron is black, who's going to, if I, and, and to the point where I believe the apron is black, at what point is somebody going to turn around and say, actually, that's blue? <laughs> it's okay hearing yourself and reading the self-help yeah. books and all the rest of it, but who's going to question what you pick from yeah. it? And that's the whole thing. You might pick something that really resonates with you and you think, hmm. But if you don't have anyone ever 
if you don't put it out there and hear it and have somebody perhaps put a different take on it, not their opinion, yeah. just a different take to give you options because there are options yeah. to explore a little bit deeper to what it does really mean to yeah. you. How, how can you do it alone is what I'm saying. Yeah. Most of the time it's very hard to do it alone, yeah. you know, because I was just talking uh, to a friend about this the other day. A lot of us need the challenge. We need to be challenged, right. uh, you know, in our sessions, I'll say something and be like, yeah, but okay, but how about this? And then I sit there and give you the FU look and say, oh, oh, but she's right. I okay, I would never have thought of that on my own or I wouldn't have wanted yeah. to ask myself that. Isn't yes. Because yeah. I always remember, you know, when I started my, my training, I had to have therapy and, you know, I wasn't that keen on having therapy because I knew what my issues were, didn't I? I didn't need anyone. They were going to bring my dad back and take me back to being 13 and let me experience all what I missed. So, so I didn't really need therapy, did I? Not much. And I got with this therapist who, I don't know, she was just amazing. She, she's amazing. I still speak with her. And again, we connected and she said, what do you want from this? Because I possibly had a bit of attitude. Mm. And I would sometimes be late, which was a total disrespect for myself, never mind her time. She was still getting paid her yeah. hour. Um, and and she made a lot. She did a lot for me in as much. She, well, the first thing she said to me is, what do you want from this? And I said, well, look, I think a lot and I form my own opinions. They're not. I'm not saying they're right or they're wrong. What I'm saying is I would like to look at things perhaps a different mm. way. So therefore, I would like to be challenged. Yeah. That was the first thing I said, I want to be challenged. And challenge me, she did. And she taught me self-respect. She taught me how important it is to recognise your own boundaries. Mm, yeah. Yes, you can go over them a little bit and all the rest of it. But, on the, but when you know what your core values are, it is easy. You then respect yourself. Yeah. And there is no other option than respecting yourself at that yeah. level. Because you, you you clearly know, and you just you don't even think about it. You just do it. Um, so, I think it's it's good to form your opinions, but also be challenged. And if your opinions are really right for you, those opinions, those thoughts, those whatever they are, will shine through and stay with you as a core value. But sometimes they're formed on what we should, yeah. what we need, what we must. So they're not necessarily yours. So what the challenging does is gives you the chance, or when you're working with someone, it gives you the chance to actually work out, is this a core value? Yeah. Or is this someone what someone's told you you need to be doing? So you can sort out the wheat from the chaff, if you yeah. like. You can work out what's. Yeah, that's really interesting. You said core values, because until you really know your core values, how will yeah. you know what you want in life? And it's so true, because... And, and to also note that your core values can change as well as you progress, right? The core value that you might've had a year ago might not even matter anymore because you're in a different situation or it's just, you don't yeah. have the space for it. It's, it's just not relevant, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that because what, what seems really important, I mean, what seems really important this year might not be really important yeah. next year. I mean, the really important thing to me last year was getting out really important thing to me this year is maintaining some level of staying yeah. in. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> it does change. You know, situations do change. 
how much did I do because I felt that I needed to be there and doing yeah. that? And now I have a core, now I have a new core value. I have a new core value where I can take times where I don't have a day where I don't actually have to do anything. I can free my mind up to be yeah. me. And, and and I've forgotten how to do that because I was so busy caught up in working 58 hours and all the rest yeah. of it. And it's a really, really interesting process. And when and when you talk about it like that and you get enthusiastic about it like that, you wonder why not everybody would want to do that journey. Exactly. However, yeah. we have to remember, not everybody's ready to hear that, to feel that, to see yeah. that, and to know what to do with what, what they've got. And, and there's another thing comes to mind there. When we started training, they said to us, what's the most important thing in your life? And we all said, our kids. And this little guy stood there who was quite funny, actually. And he goes, nope, wrong answer. It's you. Mm. Because if you're not energized, if you're not fulfilled, one, you're giving your child, your children and the people around you a very bad message of how they should be looking after yeah. themselves. Um, two, it's the same old thing at the airport thing, isn't it? How are you going to put the mask on a child if you're dying for breath yourself? Yeah. So you look after yourself first and the rest will follow beautifully. So that was the first thing we learned. The second thing is he said, so what do you want out of life? What do you want? And nearly all of us said, and I'll be honest with you, there was 29 people started that course. They nearly all said, we want to be happy. And then he turned around and said, so what makes you happy? Hmm. And nobody answered that. No one knew. Because they couldn't remember. Yeah. And he stood there and he got quite enthusiastic about standing out in his garden, looking at a hot air balloon and how happy that. And we all sort of looked as if so he's easily pleased. Uh, but you know what? I think what he was saying is the metaphor there is giving myself time to enjoy something that interests me, that fascinates me, that pleases yeah. me. I think we missed that point. Well, I certainly missed that point at that stage. Um, it's taken the time to enjoy that thing whatever that thing may be god that's so important because if you can't if you don't know what that that small thing is that makes yeah. you that brings you joy whether it's flowers or whatever it is how in the world yeah. are those bigger things gonna even you know it's like this addiction to gotta have gotta have the hype gotta have the hype gotta you know it's gotta be great it's gotta be great all the time then you get to that you know they say like when you know we're all right racing towards the end towards that goal and then we get there because we didn't enjoy the process at all you get there and you're like oh okay what's next you know yeah absolutely absolutely and i and i'm gonna i'm just gonna bring a little bit of my personal life into this in as much that when my daughter was training her training went on for years yeah. um she's got quite a high power job and her desk was littered with things that i would send her like a unicorn <laughs> Or, or a grow your own Christmas tree and and lots and lots of cards with bicycles and things on and flowers saying don't forget the journey yeah. it's not from start to qualify start from from paralegal to trainee to whatever solicitor whatever don't miss all the things you're going to see along the way yeah. And don't just think, well, when I've got that, when I've got that. Because it's the same old thing, isn't it? If I was thinner, when I lose weight, I'll be able to do this. When I do, when I, when I finish that, or if I work a little bit more and save a little bit more and I can do that, you're putting everything on hold. You're giving yourself reasons not to 
have the pleasure, the simple pleasure. Yeah. And I think a lot of the joy is found in the simple things. Mm. You know, that's, 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 you know, that's what we lose, I think. As a child, we weren't, in, especially at my age group, we weren't impressed with computer, electronic games, etc. But when we made a daisy chain, how beautiful yeah. was that? It's the simple things, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. That's, that's so true. And I even find that in my daughter, right? When she's watching telly, she's having a good time, but she gets more joy out of that painting that she just did that we're going to hang on the wall because you can see it every day and we're proud of it. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's like you said, finding that inner child in us again, you know, of, of enjoying those, those small things that taking a walk is fascinating, you know, because you never know what you're going to see on that walk. And if you didn't take the walk, no, you, don't. you wouldn't know, you, don't. you know? I mean, I can remember walking along um, the river once in Cambridge, and it's not at all funny, but I can still remember, I was, sitting, I was watching everything, there was all these cows, and one of them kind of did a backflip and ended up in the river. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, I mean, the, the cow was fine, I have to point that out, the cow was fine. <laughs> but oh my God, how did I laugh? So, yeah, somebody just strolled along that river might not have noticed yeah. that. <laughs> because I am, and I always have been very into I can still remember this cow doing a backflip, thinking, how did it do that? The cow's probably... It obviously slipped backwards, sort of thing. The cow's probably asking the same question, how did I do yeah. that? Yeah, how the hell did I do that? Yeah, it probably was. What the hell happened there? <laughs> but the, the fire brigade got the cow out, and it was okay. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, silly little things that you see along the way that somebody else may not miss, may not may yeah. miss, by not being present. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like awakening every sense in yeah. you and and being able to laugh at stupid things. Yeah. Because you're so busy, you just go through the process. You just lose touch with yeah. it all. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that uh, leads me then to my last question, um, which goes quite well. Because, you know, it is all about being present, doing the work now that will then, um, in response have a happier healthy future you right so describe your future what's what's the future you how would you describe yourself well i was always one of these people who went with the flow yeah <laughs> just what's going to happen next i really don't know so i it was only five years ago that i actually sat down and wrote a five-year plan of what and how mm -hmm. Um, in five years, I see this developing into something much bigger. Um, it, I would absolutely love to say I'm going to chase, change the face of counselling. I don't think I am going to change it, but I really wish mm -hmm. I could. Um, I think counselling is something that should be explained properly, not just get yourself therapy. Yeah. I would like to see, I would like to see a bigger platform understanding that you are nurturing something you all have, not just going somewhere when you think something's broken. Yeah. I'd like to see my practice growing, and it is growing. Um, and in five years, I see myself perhaps having enough confidence in what I do and belief in what I do to go out there and say, I've just said yeah. to you, you know, therapy is not just, it's not, it's like going to the dentist. It's like going to the hairdresser. Yeah, maintenance. Therapy should just be part of your well-being, yeah. an accepted thing, not something you do when you're at your worst. And and also to just say, try different therapists. Yeah. You know, if people are going into therapy, just be aware that therapists can all be so very different. One might not work mm -hmm. for you. 
So I would like to see myself going forward with a slightly different practice. Mm. Incorporating all the knowledge that's been put out there by wonderful philosophers and psychologists yeah. and everyone else, but incorporating it into something, normalising yeah. it, something that we all embrace. And, and that's where I see myself going in five years. That's exciting. That's really, it's very I exciting. mean, I'm very excited to see what happens. You know, I, this is, yeah, this is great. And it's nice, like you yeah. said, to, to explain counseling and therapy that it's not when you're at your worst, you know, yeah, that it's, you know, start when you're feeling good, because if you're feeling good, yeah. then you start your journey. Yeah. It's all, it's all too easy to say, look, I'm feeling okay. I don't need this. And it's so easy to say, do you know what? That tooth is okay. I don't need to pop to the dentist, but it's, 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 a, it's preventing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and when things do go horribly wrong, or, or rock your boat it's it's just having the confidence in yourself to know yeah. that you can be heard you know the storm is you know I can't there are some clients I work with and their situation and their place is absolutely heartbreaking mm -hmm. you know they they really really don't know they really not in a position to seek any further but what I say is stay with the moment hold the space talk it out there is nothing going to make this whole situation better today yeah. or tomorrow but you 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 will work through you you will work through it no you're not alone and sometimes it's really hard to help yourself too we have to remember yeah. that but if you've got this working before the situation happens yeah maybe you have the tools to to help you and the faith to help yeah. you because let's face it a lot of this is built on faith yeah. isn't it faith you know that there is a tomorrow yeah. that there is a life to live yeah yeah that's 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 beautiful uh, advice right there thank you so much for being with me today colette i could talk to you for hours and hours and hours and uh <laughs> yeah thank you so much you're welcome kelly thank you Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you're hearing, please like us, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram, The Future Edit. And for more information about my guest and myself, you can head to thefutureedit.com. Until next time, ciao.